Thank you for joining us for Mental Health Let's Talk About It. I'm your host, Sherilyn Pickram, the owner of Pick Empowerment, and you're tuned into CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. And this evening I have two very special guests from the Shebecto Family Centre, and uh, they're going to be talking to us, obviously, about mental health and the wellness um, programs that they have in Spryfield. And so we have Nicole Clark, who is the Family Wellness Coordinator, and Aaron Bailey, who is the Youth and Community Outreach Coordinator. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so um, I'm really excited for you guys to share with our listeners exactly the different programs that you have available, particularly in regards to wellness and, you know, maintaining that um, mental health well-being, not only for individuals, but family and the community, because you guys do a lot of that. So, Nicole, can you give us like a little rundown about the center? Sure. So the Shabakto Family Center is a service of the home of the guardian angel, and we've been in the Spryfield community since the mid-80s. And as you indicated, we do offer a lot of services uh, for community members in the name of really enriching the lives of families, the lives of community members. And we are a large umbrella that mm-hmm. addresses that. And some of the wellness programs that we do put on, um, my, my position as family wellness coordinator, um, we I hold space for people who are in transition or, and, and transformation in their life, primarily from conflict, crisis, or trauma. Mm. Uh, we, under that same umbrella, I facilitate programs um, based in trauma, mindfulness, uh, we have movement programs, uh, the value and importance of moving your body in the name of mental health. Mm-hmm. That looks like yoga, Zumba. We also have community hub programs. Um, a lot of our programs are based around bringing people together yeah. around food and activity. And really, truly just uh, the connection, uh, moving people out of isolation, creating dialogue, Mm-hmm. Uh, just the simplicity of connection and being seen and people being able to take ownership in a safe, uh, safe, supportive space. Mm-hmm. We also have a basic needs service, which uh, provides people with interim and emergency measures in the name of food and personal hygiene products. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. yeah that food security is such an essential part of mental health because oh. we know <laughs> if your belly's not full, um, nothing else matters. Exactly. And you guys do a lot of work with immigrants as well. Is that correct? We do have a large population of uh, new Canadians in our community, and they do access and service our basic needs uh, quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, with respect to personal hygiene products, food, um, even formula for their babies. Um and through our volunteer doula program, yeah. we also service a lot of new Canadian families as well. Yeah, the volunteer doula uh, is amazing. So uh, that's, I think, how I became aware of the program because one of my uh, friends from Spryfield was a doula worker. Um, and then I had uh, student placement at the oh. Shepakto. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in and, you know, got to see... I guess, the program from their perspective as well, which was really interesting. Yeah, it does some very important work. Yeah, yeah. So what's your background, Nicole? So I have a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology and a Certificate in Criminology from St. Mary's University. Yeah. And right from uh, when I graduated in 98, I entered the field. And I started, I've always ever worked in not-for-profit, community-based organizations. Yeah. And I actually used to work in uh, community corrections. Okay. With, with the, initially with Youth Restorative Justice. And then I moved on to support uh, adult male offenders and the reintegration back into the community. Nice. And so Family Resource, I've worked in for about six years now. It's it's a new hat for me. And mm-hmm. I, ha- I hold a deep passion uh, to support primarily w- women in transition that have mm-hmm. experienced trauma. Yeah, and you have to have that passion to maintain yourself. You absolutely do, yeah. It's yeah. it's heart-led. It's heart-led work. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. So what about you, Erin? What is your role at the center and your background? How did you get there? So I am the Youth and Community Outreach Coordinator, yeah. but I've actually um, had a few hats at the Family Center, uh, my background is, uh, 
I have an undergrad degree in psych and I uh, was lucky enough to uh, stumble into the field of family resource, <laughs> uh, which led me to Shabakto Family Center. And I started uh, in the role of program support. Nice. And from there, it was just good fortune that uh, I moved into covering a maternity leave in the doula program and then on to the youth and community outreach. Yeah. And my work at Shabakto Family Center actually inspired me to go back to school. And I am just a couple months away from finishing my uh, Bachelor of Social Work. Good for you. Yeah. Wow, that's a yeah. fantastic little jump, isn't it, from the inspiration of your job to continue your yeah. education? Well, I, you know, I, I'm very lucky to be surrounded by all sorts of inspiring people every day. And uh, like Nicole said, we're all really passionate about the work we do. And mm -hmm. you know, when you're surrounded by other people that have that same passion, it just it pushes you to do better every day. Yeah, exactly. And supports your mental health well-being mm -hmm. because it's a very difficult job um, when you're on the side of supporting others, particularly if they're in trauma or dealing with trauma. Mm. Um, and and so in the program, you guys very much uh, supply that holistic approach because you potentially, Nicole, could be working with the parent mm. or parents, and then you, Aaron, could potentially be working with their children. Mm -hmm. So they're getting the support from the same location. Mm -hmm. They potentially may be in the same building at the same time, mm -hmm. but they're still together. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And my position could very well work with both youth as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, so you work where the need is. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's holistic. It's strength-based. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you guys, um, assess individuals? Like, do people just show up at your door? Do you have to be referred? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So people can definitely self-referral. Okay. We also have other community organizations that know about our services, uh, community mental health team, Spryfield is a very special community in, yeah. in the sense of it, the way that it networks and the way that we have our finger on each other's pulse mm -hmm. and have each other's backs, really, because ultimately um, we want it's all about the families and the community members that need us. Yeah. So, again, people can self-refer. Um, we get referrals from from doctors. We get referrals from uh, the Department of Community Services, Child Welfare, mm. um, wherever, yeah. <laughs> however, however, someone can learn about us and just show up. And it's not so much an assessment as it is a, a welcome. I'm really mm -hmm. glad you're here. Nice. Let's chat. Like Good. this is for you. This is about you. This is because of you. Mm -hmm. You're in the driver's seat. And, and it's about building that rapport mm -hmm. and that trust. And at any given moment, they can end the conversation or they can ask to continue the conversation. So it's a lot of listening. Yeah. It's a lot of asking and it's a lot of questions and it's a lot of listening. Yeah. And people are there because they want to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I worked in Spryfield for 10 years on Purcell's Cove Road at a group home there. Okay. So I'm well aware of Spryfield in the community and, you know, how people will come together and reputation and all the everything that goes with mm -hmm. it yeah for sure but you guys have been you know very steadfast there mm -hmm. um so it's a great resource that you provide um so you know as we um progress into the show i'm going to get you guys to talk more about you know your wellness programs exactly what are they um and you know with mental health um, how we look at support can sometimes be very different in regards to, um, you know, mental illness. Mm -hmm. But there's so much that we can do to support each other with our mental health. And so that's what we'll, we'll talk about. So you guys have, you know, your pre and postnatal support. You have parenting support. There are so many different little uh, programs that can be suitable for so many different issues that um, interfere with families and their mental health. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for you guys, um, you know, 
what do, what's your biggest challenge? Let's let's talk about that. What would you say would be your biggest challenge, Nicole, in the role that you uh, have? Sure. One of the biggest challenges um, that I have in the role as family wellness coordinator is when supporting somebody's mental health is overcoming the socioeconomic barriers mm. that uh, can attribute to mental health. And to, like, for example, um, if somebody doesn't have safe, affordable housing and they're four to six months behind in their rent mm. and their power bill is building up and they're hungry and they yeah. don't have um, the appropriate health, access to appropriate, healthy, sustainable food, if they are um, dealing with a codependent domestic violent relationship, if they don't even have a family doctor, if they don't can't get their, their teeth properly fixed or glasses mm. on their face, mm-hmm. all of those things. And then coupled with the fact that they have children that they're responsible for, if they themselves have, ex- have experienced trauma or complex trauma originating from childhood that has gone unsupported and unpacked and unprocessed, you, you're looking at this person who is asking for help and they're aware of what it is that they need. Mm. And it's like, sometimes I'll refer to it as inflammation. Like there's a lot of inflammation in their life. Yeah. And it's very challenging to calm that and find the anti-inflammatories, if you will, to get them to a level place where they can put their feet on the ground, take a breath and take that next step mm. into nurturing and enhancing their mental health. And that's dynamic. Yeah, right? that's like, beautiful. Well said. Yeah. I've never heard about that infla- inflammation. Yeah. Love that description. Yeah. Because yeah. where's the splinter? Where's right. the original cause? Uh, well, yeah. And even if you can pinpoint the original cause, again, to get them to be able, the will is there. Yeah. Uh, it's the way. It's yeah. to get them into a level still point where they can reset their set point to evolve and actually thrive. Yeah. To come out of that surviving mode and thrive in their life as they, as everyone deserves to. Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we'll ask Erin the same question. What is her number one challenge? So you're listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I'm your host, Charlene Pickram. And this is CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. And we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I'm Charlene Pickram, the owner of Pick Empowerment. And we are talking with Nicole and Erin from the... Shabakto Family Center. And I just asked Nicole, you know, what was her kind of number one challenge? And we went off to break and Aaron's like, mm, I don't know. I have, there's multiple challenge I was, I would like to discuss. So we're going to see what she came up with in the end. So Aaron, what, what's your number one challenge that you, you run into other personally, um, to maintain your mental health and well-being or just, engaging with the youth in the program what's your number one challenge i think one of the biggest challenges is a common theme across nonprofits in terms of capacity both with funding and staff mm-hmm. um you know we we only have so many people and we have all these big ideas of uh of uh things we'd like to uh, bring into the community mm-hmm. uh, the doula program is a great example of that yeah, because you know there there is a limited capacity. There's only so many volunteer doulas, and the the need is there. People are always trying to access the program, and um, those ladies work very hard to match doulas with uh, expecting parents. And mm-hmm. um, and then also there's the piece around funding. Uh, I I think we do great work with what is available to us, uh, but that, that will continue to be a challenge. Mm. And then, um, youth engagement is always a really interesting topic. Uh, we are very lucky that we have a great relationship with the local high school. Yes, that's right. Uh, we were recently able to, um, go in and offer after school programs and Mm. then eventually, even uh, we had a little bit of class time to offer uh, an empowerment program for young women. But it always goes back to, I think Nicole explained it really well, um, that hierarchy of needs. And it's hard to focus on mental health and emotional wellness 
when those basic needs aren't necessarily there. Yeah. Or even um, if the mental health literacy isn't there to really identify uh, like what's going on, um, you know, putting a name on it, saying I'm not okay. Mm. If you don't have the words to do that, then sometimes it's hard to identify like what support is needed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and so, you know, right now I'm working with a youth on, he gets very frustrated because he, he's not a hundred percent sure how he's feeling, but then he doesn't have the language mm -hmm. to express that. And therefore he feels misunderstood, which increases his anger and da, 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 da. So, you know, very much that, well, what's the feeling, the physical feeling and the internal feeling related to the emotion and then putting the words to that, mm -hmm. helping them identify. And so, you know, to me that I think that should be in every primary school and every elementary school that, you know, we teach individuals how to identify how they're feeling and be able to express that. And I think you guys have a program that does that. Is that correct? Do you have an yeah, emotions I, program? I would say we have a couple different programs that touch on that. Um, we do offer um, one of our parenting programs is uh, Incredible Years. Hmm. And there's a focus on... Um, like emotional regulation and helping children uh, find the words yeah. to describe how they're feeling. And that, that's huge. Oh, it's huge for most adults. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of us were never taught anything other exactly. than happy, angry, sad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what were you allowed to actually feel in your home? Yeah. What was comfortable for your parents? Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, some people, I, I can relate to this, that some people aren't comfortable even saying, I'm not okay, mm -hmm. because that's what we were taught or how we were raised. And uh, I, I think, yeah, mental health literacy is important for everyone. Yeah, and, the, and being compassionate enough with self to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. to share. Because like you said, just saying, no, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. Well, in my household... Um, you could be angry, but God forbid, don't cry. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? So get as angry as you want, be as happy as you want, but crying was not a comfortable situation in our mm -hmm. house. So you learn not to cry. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah, just certain things like that. If you can learn it young enough, then you can transfer it into adulthood. And that doesn't happen a lot because we don't teach it in the schools at all. So, so what about the wellness programs? What do they consist of? So with the wellness programs, uh, I would say our, our number one lead wellness program is HOPE, mm -hmm. Healing Our Past Experiences. And that's nice. based on Dr. Susan Covington. She's a psychiatrist from the United States. Mm -hmm. And it's based on the program Healing <clears throat> Beyond Trauma, A Women's Journey Through Healing Through Trauma. Wow. And it is... Typically an 11-week program, but we can get it done in about eight weeks Okay, <laughs> <laughs> to try to retain consistency of people coming. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's for women uh, who've experienced trauma. Yeah. Uh, it's self-identified. Um, there is absolutely no assessment done whatsoever. If someone nice. comes and says, I want to participate, we say welcome. Mm. Of course, there's a conversation around um, helping them decide if, if now is the right time to do that. Yeah. And what that looks at is actually, well, what is trauma? You know, we use that word quite a bit and yes. begin to understand the relationship of, of trauma and how it shows in the emotional body, the mental body, the physical body, the spiritual body. And uh, then we discuss a, about um, how to heal from that and, and mindfulness, uh, mm. breath work, um, what is a trigger? what's happening to my body and my yeah. behavior and really truly um, to try to uh, connect the disconnect of the physical body and behavior because, mm -hmm. and I see it in the program and Aaron co-facilitates that with me. Nice. Um, you know, the light bulb goes on and then the burden starts mm -hmm. to lift and they're like, Oh, that's why I was recluse or that's yeah. why I, um, engaged perhaps maybe in the act of addiction or why I made those choices in my life. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's science. 
<laughs> yeah, that you know? understanding is yeah. so enlightening. Yeah, and, and it's spirituality as well, and it gives it gives women permission to share as much or as little as they want. Mm-hmm. Um, they they really do form um, a supportive bond, and they heal with their voice. Yeah, and and they're heard, and they're hearing, and that's healing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the wellness programs. Another one is called Shift, which is um, a mindfulness program. And we examine uh, the power of thought and how that influences emotion and behavior. I love that. Um, and what else? There's yoga. Mm. <laughs> I'm also a certified yoga instructor as well. Are you really? I am. You're just kind of yeah. all full. <laughs> your, your buckets are full of all kinds of tricks over there. <laughs> yes, it, it is. Nice. Very blessed. Yeah. Um, I don't teach yoga there anymore because my caseload got a little bit too busy, but we certainly do have a certified yoga instructor that comes in a couple of times a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, we have Zumba as well. Um, we have things, uh, programs like craft and chat, we called it. And, yeah. uh, God, thank you, Aaron, for saving me for that one, the creative <laughs> one. Uh, Aaron's a rock star. And so we did uh, a series where we met weekly with a group of people and we just did a craft activity and mm. organic dialogue came. Yeah. And that's really what I'm seeing the new trend now is to, kind of steer away from the curriculum based programming and just mm. bring people together and have a theme yep. and have knowledge and have facilitation and your trusty tour guide, but to also really truly more than ever let the community members lead and, and truly connect and heal with their voice. And a lot of listening yeah. happens and that's really where the crux of healing begins. Yeah. And I love that because it really kind of takes the stigma stigma away. Mm-hmm. You know, well, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to a crafting gab. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of, oh, I'm going to my therapist or I'm going mm-hmm. to my support group or right. I'm going, you know, like that's the kind of things that we're missing as a community because that's what we used to do. Right. We used to get together in familiar groups yeah. and have discussions and talk about things and support one another. And really that's missing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's great that you, you know, and like you said, these individuals are meeting each other. They're in the same community. And then when they leave the, the program, how do they support each other out in the community? Yeah. And, and it's happening, you know, mm, uh, we have sure. a, a community kitchen program as well, where we come together and we cook a meal and they leave with food Yeah, and we see the support connection starting. You know, I, one participant will say, you know what? Hey, I've got a roast cooking in the crock pot. Why don't you come on down and have a meal? Mm. Or they're out for a walk together with their children now, you know, yeah. at a playground or something like that. So the connections are being sewed. Yeah, for sure. And it's great for the kids as well, because when the parents are healthier, the kids are healthier. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, absolutely. And back yeah. and forth. Yeah. When you're supporting the kids, it takes a little pressure off the parents. So it's that back and forth. So you guys, again, it's that holistic, evidence-based approach that you're taking with the entire family, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. and in the community. And that's what's so beautiful about that program there. Absolutely. And we also have a community hub where they can come for coffee and a little snack and sit around. We have a big kitchen table. Yes, you do. And uh, people come. They have coffee, they have tea, they have hot chocolate, they have food. Yeah. And, you know, we're like, welcome. Like, this is your space. Come take ownership of it. Mm -hmm. And and it's working. It's Mm -hmm. a safe place. It's a psychologically safe place, which we talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. You need that once your belly's full and you feel safe you can actually grow and develop and learn. But until those things are present, it doesn't matter what you provide or what you do, you're not going to have a whole lot of success. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I just wanted to say too um, about that connection and bringing people together. um, People carry a lot of shame and, Mm. and that's heavy and it's debilitating and it's it's an attention caller, I say, you know, it's to say, hey, an invitation to examine. And I think when we bring people together and they're using their voice to heal, um, that burden of shame becomes lifted mm. because they begin to understand what has happened in their life, what is happening in their life, and that they actually have um, supportive choice to manage and dispel that shame and come out of shame and into 
compassion, you know, and, and self-love and support. Yeah. And evolve from there. That's beautiful. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking with Nicole and Aaron from the Shabakdo Family Center in Spryfield. And you're listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it on CIOE 97.5 FM. And we'll be back in a moment. Thanks for staying tuned in the CIOE 97.5 FM Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I'm your host, Charlene Pickram. And we're going to continue talking with Nicole and Aaron about the Shabakdo Family Center. And during the break we're having a conversation about a number of different things um you know how does the center empower individuals um what are some of the navigation uh, issues as well as challenges and gaps so i'm going to just throw that out to uh, aaron and nicole and see what they come up with well, I think around uh, the the empowerment piece, and I mean empowering people. It's it, you know that word empowerment. We use it a lot. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we use it a lot, we get a little disconnected about well, how do we actually do that? Mm-hmm. And and there's so much that happens at Shabakto Family Center. We have we have over like twelve programs and and more at our agency. But when someone comes through our doors, uh, you know, when we think about empowerment. It's, it's welcoming them, first mm-hmm. and foremost. It's like, we're really glad that you're here. And then it's that question, like, how can we be of service? You know, mm-hmm. how can we be of service? How can we be in service? And not only asking that to the people who come to see us, but asking that of ourselves mm-hmm. and doing that, doing that self-check. And that, that comes through with reflective, with reflective work yeah. um, with supervisors and with, with colleagues. And when, when I'm sitting and I'm having a conversation with someone who's come to see me, you know, and they're in crisis or they're in conflict or they just want to move from one place to another in their life, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always use this word and it, it, it really came to me from my yoga teacher training. And, you know, it was, it's around the concept of holding space and really doing your work anonymously. Mm. So I become a container for, for this person to sit in. And I'm really not looking for a transaction or anything from this person to affirm um, what I'm doing is valuable. I'm really truly holding space for that person to come into their own experience. Mm. Um, to I'm guiding them. Yeah. Um, but it's really truly to connect to them, to them, to their own physical body, their own mental body, their own emotional body, their own spiritual body. Yeah. Um, to say, what is it that I need? You know, really what's going on? And I'm almost like, you know, play many roles, almost like a photographer. So I help them mm-hmm. take a picture of their life in that moment. And then we study and examine the picture. You know, who's in the picture with you? What's going on? What's working well for you? Yeah. Uh, what's not working well for you? So it's really, truly um, almost being sometimes, too, like a little trusty tour guide, um, but linking arms with them if that's what they're asking for mm-hmm. and saying, where are you at? Uh, what is it that you need? And where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. So it's really pulling from their own inner resources in times of challenge, getting them connected to their resources because they have them. Yeah. You know, and there is function in dysfunction. And, you know, they've really adapted and adopted coping strategies that have kept them alive to date. Yeah. You know, so it's like, how, how do I help them enrich that experience again to come out of that conflict or surviving mode into, into thriving? Mm-hmm. So really, truly, I think the number one way that we empower, aside from welcoming them, is to ask them questions yeah. instead of assuming that... Um, you know, in this rigid little box, I have everything that they need and I already know. Mm. I already know about them and I already know what they need. So I'm just going to tell them yeah. and then send them on their way to do it. And we know that just does not work. It absolutely doesn't. That's actually disempowering. Yeah, you exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I love the idea of taking a picture. Mm-hmm. Who's who's there with you in that picture? Mm-hmm. Who's there benefiting you and supporting you and potentially not? Right. And and what's working with for you? So that resiliency, drawing on, they're still there, they're still hanging on. What past traumas or issues you know have tried to block you, and that you have overcome. 
you know, that self-efficacy yeah. is so important to show them that you have overcome so many different things in your life. You are strong. You can do this. Absolutely. And and coupled with that, I say to them often, um, I can, like, look for the ways that you can bring in what I call buoyancy in yeah. your life. Like, giving yourself permission to float while you do your important work. Mm. So if there's days where you need a voice, I can be that. If there's days where you need a physical presence in a courtroom, I can do that. Yeah. You know, so look for all the ways that you can bring in the level of buoyancy. It may not change the nucleus of your circumstance at the present moment, mm. but it can certainly give you something to just drop your anchor and float while you can actually take a look at that picture. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not going to let you float away. Right. I've got you. Yeah. Let's go yeah. for it. If they want me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what? Yeah. Again, how important is that to know that you have somebody out there to be your anchor? Absolutely. Not everybody does. I mean, we take that for granted, a lot yeah. of us, that, you know, when you have family and friends around you all the time, but there are times people have no one. Absolutely no one. And, you know, and they come and they're afraid because perhaps a lot in their life they've been betrayed mm -hmm. and trust doesn't come easy. And it usually at, at the hands of somebody that was supposed to love them and protect them and guide them and help them. Yeah. So, you know, we really have to be cognizant of that in the way that we show up. Mm -hmm. And really, truly, that's why it's strength-based. Yes. Yeah. To yeah, have. because the judgment and shame. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's very debilitating. Yeah, it absolutely is. Mm. So what about you, Erin? What, uh, what do you have to say regarding, you know, empowerment or service navigating or some of the challenges or gaps that you, you see in the program? I, I think a lot about empowerment, and I, I often try to be really careful with the wording in the sense that, um, you know, I don't necessarily feel that we are empowering people, but I feel that Shabakto Family Center is supporting people on their own journey of empowerment, which kind of goes back to what Nicole said about holding space and, and being mm -hmm. the container. And uh, often that looks like something as simple as listening, like non-judgmental, compassionate listening. And, and we yeah. do a lot of that. And um, I know we mentioned we have our, um, we have our open drop-in. People can come for a coffee and a chat. And that's often people's introduction to the center. Mm. And that first impression is so important because that's where trust starts. Yeah. And being able to sit there and actively listen and hold space for this person, you know, that's that's what brings people back. Mm -hmm. Is that they know that, um, you know, no matter who they're interacting with at the center, like we have a wonderful staff, and mm -hmm. no matter who they interact with, they're safe. Yeah, and they're supported, and you know it's it's all about that safety, that sense of safety for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many staff do you guys have on? Fifteen. Fifteen or sixteen. Okay. Yeah. So we have we have quite a big staff. Yeah. Um, we're all uh, we all have different programs. Yes. Um, but one of our strengths, I would say, is our ability to uh, jump in and help each other out. Mm. Uh, you know, I know that if one day I'm sick, I know that Nicole or somebody else is, you know, ready and willing to jump in and help out with whatever I had going on for the day. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I think that's really important in terms of like our own self care as staff and being able to do this work is knowing that we have a strong team and we're looking out for each other. Yeah, you really need team in the setting that you guys are working in because um, it's difficult. Sometimes there are situations that come in and trigger you as well. Mm -hmm. And you need somebody safe yourself to go to and reflect on and, you know, get it out and move on. You know, you really need that time. And it, it's no different for us as it is for the people that come through your door. Mm -hmm. You need to feel welcome. You need to feel safe so that you can put your vulnerability out there on the table, recognize it, come up with some strategies, and move forward. 
Oh, absolutely. And our executive director, Tammy Turple, she's a phenomenal leader, and mm. she holds impeccable space for supporting staff and our own mental health and wellness. Wonderful. Um, you know, I'm thinking a couple of years ago when we hired our, our new parenting journey person, one of the first things I did was when we were doing a tour of Spryfield, I drove her right to the Herring Cove look-off, and I said, this is where I come. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of the ways that I manage my mental health when I need to, to you know, I've, I might have been triggered in a conversation or there's something heavy and I just need to clear it. You know, Good. I'll come. And yeah, there's, yeah. there's Pavia, the little coffee shop, if you want to grab something on your way. And uh, she really does truly um, hold space for that. We have reflective practices where we can debrief. Beautiful. And where we do debrief on a regular basis mm-hmm. uh, for our parenting program and our, and our home beginning, our healthy beginnings program. So there's lots of different measures in place. We do do things and activities as a staff. Um, we close from 12.30 to 1 every day so that we can sit together as a staff and have our lunch and a oh, conversation nice. and we laugh a lot and, mm. and things like that. So we are yeah. aware of that and we, we, do, do, we do recognize the, the need and a, a vital importance for self-care mm-hmm. to do this type of work. Yeah. So, you know, do you guys run Monday to Friday? Like what's, what's your kind of time schedule yeah. for your programs and stuff? Yeah, we, we run, we're open um, Tuesday to Friday, 9 to 4, and Mondays 9 to 12. Okay. And we also do have evening programming as well that's pre-scheduled, like our prenatal mm-hmm. program and the Incredible Years School Age. Yeah, but weekends closed. Weekends we are closed, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, you guys talked uh, a bit about working with the other agencies or organizations within Spryfield. What are some of the ways that you do that? Or actually, we're going to have to talk about that after the break because uh, we got so into our conversation that I kind of forgot that we need need to take another break here shortly. So we'll continue talking about um, the service navigation. So the service navigation has to do with connecting um, people to services, obviously, that you guys yourself don't provide. But you guys were saying it's fabulous in Spryfield. You very much support each other. So what are some of the other organizations in Spryfield that you guys utilize? We are actually part of the Echo Hub, which is the Eastern Chibokdo Hub organization. Um, I'm not going to name all the organizations involved. I think there's like 18 of them. Wow. Uh, but often we partner with um, Shabbat Connections. We partner with the YWCA. We partner with uh, the Rockingstone School, JL Ilsley School. We partner with um, St. Paul's Family Resource Institute. Uh, community health team. The community health team. Mm. Um, the, the really great thing about being part of ECHO is... I have an email list of someone from every organization that I can reach out to. That's amazing. To uh, find a service. Excellent. Okay, well, we're going to take our final break. You're listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I'm your host, Charlene Pickram. And when we come back, we'll finish the conversation with uh, Nicole and Aaron and the Shibukto Family Center. We'll be back in a moment. In the final segment of Mental Health, let's talk about it on CIOE 97.5 FM. I'll finish the conversation with Nicole Clark and Aaron Bailey, who are from the Shibukto Family Center here in Spryfield. And so we've been talking about a number of different things regarding uh, mental health and wellness. And so uh, Aaron's going to start talking about service navigation and how the Shibukto Family Center can help individuals individuals find what they need. So I I think as a center, we really believe that every door is the right door. And uh, if an individual uh, comes to the center, even if we don't provide the service or the program that they're looking for, we are able to take the time to help them find that service and, and direct them and maybe make that connection um, because sometimes it's hard to, you know, if you put yourself out there, you're mm. walking into Shabbatal Family Center, you don't know anyone, you don't know any of the staff. We don't want anyone to be in the position where we're saying, no, we can't help you and turning them away. It's nice to have that connection. Even if we send them to another organization, we are able to maybe go with them and say, oh, here's this staff member mm. at this organization. 
and make sure that they're properly introduced and they feel comfortable and supported. I think that's amazing because it is so hard to walk through that initial door. Mm -hmm. And if you walk, you get the gumption to get through the door and you walk in and then somebody says, yeah, no, we can't help you here. And you walk out the door. When is the next time you're going to get that desire to reach out and mm -hmm, get help? Exactly. So, and, and I love that you are willing to go with the, to be with that individual in that moment to get them where they need to go. That's mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. That actually, um, there's lots of room and space for that to happen in my position as family wellness coordinator. I have gone to uh, medical appointments with people. Mm. Um, I have sat in the family courtroom uh, for, for families that have had their children apprehended and they're working towards getting them to come back home. Yep. Um, there's a number of different uh, different ways that we can we can help them navigate and connect them to resources. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a conversation in my office, and based on looking at that picture uh, and what they need, it's it's a phone call uh, made in real time. Mm -hmm. um, if they if they prefer me to call and model that so that they can see what that looks like, they're observing that they're right there. Good. Sometimes it's on speakerphone, and we're yeah. both having the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yeah. um, I can help them write a letter or they can write a letter of ask or need with whatever it is that they're looking for mm -hmm. and you know they can come in they can they use my computer I'm printing it off we're mailing it um, all, all types of different different ways that we can connect people to what they're looking for yeah so you're really meeting people where they're at we truly try to yeah <laughs> yeah and and with that persona of non-judgment yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a really sometimes difficult environment to create. It really is. So, yeah. you know, if, if you as a team are supporting each other in that environment development and you're call, you know, calling each other on it, which you obviously do, we, we've talked about that. Um, so, you know, again, that's so fantastic. So yeah. thank you for oh. doing that for, for those individuals who need it. So, um, what about the gaps? Like, so if you guys are providing programs and you're helping other people connect, what are the gaps that you're discovering are out there? Mm. And that could be for your parents or your youth or the family together, or, hey, is everything good? Are you always able to find the resources that are needed? I think often it's, you know, we know what's out there. Mm. Right? We know that there are resources out there. And as Aaron spoke to Echo Hub, it was actually developed, was it not Aaron, to actually identify mm -hmm. service gaps and, mm -hmm. and try to take care of that in the Spryfield community. Okay. It's, I think, really, truly, um, when I think of gaps, it's it's about accessibility. So a resource may exist, but mm. can this person access it? Yeah. Do they fit? Um, sometimes there's age requirements. Um can do they have the transportation to get there? That's a big one. If they're working, can they leave work to get it? You know, mm -hmm. does the hours of that resource match um, their lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Wait times, um, you know, mm -hmm. mental health, addiction. Um, often, you know, uh, community mental health right now, um, what we're seeing, the trend just with, with our own families that we're working with, is that um, they're being re-referred back to us or or a community-based agency because of the wait times yeah. or they're triaged. And, and I'm not saying that community mental health is saying this, please don't misunderstand me, but sometimes people come and they say their words, uh, the, the family's words, I, I don't think I was sick enough. Ah, uh, okay. You know, I don't yeah, think yeah. I was sick enough. So they told me to come here, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, we can obviously support mental health. Um, but that wait times can be a gap. Uh, somebody getting a family doctor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if they're in, if they're in a state where their mental health is suffering or perhaps they have a mental illness that's not being recognized, diagnosed or treated, not having that family doctor, um, I've, I've seen it. It's, it's a huge gap and it, it has a huge impact on their ability to heal yeah. and, and evolve that way. Mm. I mean, they can certainly do uh, walk-in clinics, but the continuity of care, um, I really do believe that it does impact 
Um, and if you have someone who's, you know, who's had trauma or complex trauma, it's not unusual for them to engage and then disengage, engage yeah. and then disengage. And then when they don't have, um, their, their home base with a family practitioner that can give that continuity of care, I think, I do believe that it certainly does influence their, their ability to stay engaged. Yeah, yeah. I agree for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, you put yourself out there and you be vulnerable and then you pull back for a little while and sometimes you need somebody to reach out. And pull you back in. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, do you guys do outreach in that sense? <clears throat> Excuse me, like uh, contact individuals potentially if you haven't seen them for a little while or if you hear something on the street from maybe one of the other family members. Do you reach out and say, hey, remember we're here? Yeah, I, I certainly have done that um, from a case management perspective. Mm. Um, if they've been engaged and then there's disengagement, I will call Um I certainly would never approach them um, if I saw them out in the community unless yeah. they approach me first. But yeah, I mean, we do do check-ins. Some often um, we'll send a letter that yeah. might be a little bit more permissive to give them the space to choose how to respond to it. Voicemail is tricky. We never really know who's hearing that. So mm. we, I don't tend to use that a lot No, um, for confidentiality reasons. But yeah, we can fire off a pop-up letter in the mail thinking of you. Mm. Um, sometimes we... Um, if we do have the resources available, we'll pop a little uh, $10 food card in it or something like that. You know, yeah. missing you, come see us, we're here. Yeah. If you like to, but we always anchor it with their, their choice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But just wanted to let you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're still here and we do think of you. Yeah, absolutely. Which is nice. We need that too, right? Mm -hmm. That it's not just when I'm knocking on your door that I'm being thought of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's all, it's all about connection and... I think that a big part of our focus is trying to reduce that feeling of social isolation. Yeah. Because that, that's heavy and that impacts a lot of people. Yeah, and that's, you know, part of the mental health. If you don't feel part of a community, that does impact your mental health. Mm -hmm. That's one of the top five things. So, you know, it's important for sure. And, and you guys, you know, have obviously established yourself well enough in the community that you have some of that rapport on the go all the time. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of uh, word of mouth. We see a lot of people come to the center for the first time after hearing about us from a friend or a parent or mm -hmm. a grandparent. And mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I always like that. I, I like that sense of connection and, yeah. and how they uh, came through the door. Yeah. And we even have like little pocket advocates around within arm's reach, you know, like our crossing guard, Francis. Yeah. And the store clerk from the Quickway, Willie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Julia Jewett, the, the public health nurse at the youth health center at the high school. Yeah. You know, and, and people up in the early learning center in Rocking Stone. I mean, we certainly do have people that know that we're there and they're, they're advocates, you know, mm -hmm. and they speak about us just as much as we speak about them. It's like sowing seeds. Yeah. 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 Definitely sowing seeds. And, yeah. you know, the, the net. Mm -hmm. How can we catch as many people as possible mm -hmm. without them falling through the cracks? Yeah. And so that's what you guys are creating in your community is a net. All these different resources and services and you're keeping connected and, you know, getting the people out there. Absolutely. You know, and when you invited me to do this podcast and I was reviewing what we actually do, I was like, wow, <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do do great work. Yeah, and sometimes you do need to step outside of your own environment to look at what you do provide mm -hmm. and have pride in that. Yeah. Like you have to have pride in what you do um, and what you provide for others yeah. um, to feed that passion. Definitely. And just just a simple look in someone's eyes who says, thank you, Nicole, mm -hmm. or you know, or we see them trans transforming their life and coming into their strength that we always knew was there yeah. and their resource and, and being able to make different choices uh, because they had space held for them. Mm, definitely. Mm -hmm. So Aaron, one, one kind of last question I want to ask you is what is the age group for your programs with youth? Uh, there is a lot of flexibility there. Uh, we have run programs for um, children in elementary school. Uh, we ran a drop-in program for a long time that was grade six and up. And most recently, we've been running programs in the high school, which is grade 10 and up. Mm -hmm. 
so it really just depends on the program. Uh, we'll, we will go out into the community, do a little engagement, see what the interest is and run programs based on that. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys, um, I think it was during one of our breaks identified that you feel that the younger generation potentially has a better handle or understanding of mental health um, than some of the adults. Yeah, I really feel that way. Um, I think there's a lot of value when you're working with youth to just be in the space and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, often youth, they're, they're willing to share, they're willing to talk as long as they feel like they're being heard. Yeah, and safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's no no penalty to what they have to say, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so predominantly, obviously, youth programs are done outside of the school hour? Yes, for the most part, yeah. 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 So that would be the after school or potentially evenings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done both in the past. Yeah. And that you do have a good relationship with the schools and you've gone into the schools at different times and done some different mental health kind of focus programs. Yeah, we uh, most recently we've been running um, an after school cooking program, which mm. has been very successful <laughs> and is a great Food. space for conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a cooking program, but what comes out of that program is inspiration for future programs. Mm-hmm. And that actually led us to offering um, an empowerment program for young women in the school as well. Yeah, I love that for sure. I'm all about that. So what do you, uh, I guess, uh, contact information. Um, so if somebody wanted to contact the center, um, they just call, email, yeah, so our website is actually homeoftheguardianangel.ca. <laughs> Look into Aaron for that. <laughs> I don't Google us much. <laughs> so, and our calendar of programs is on our website as well, and all of our contact information. They awesome. could they could call us too. Um, Pretty active on social media as well. Yeah, we have okay. a Facebook page. We have, we're on Instagram, Shabakto mm-hmm. Family Center. Yeah, and what's the address? Free Sylvia Avenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it stands right out there. You will not miss us. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. Well, I want to thank you both, Nicole and Aaron, for joining me and, and sharing information about the Shabakto Family Center. Um, you guys do great work. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks. Mm. So on behalf of myself and my producer, Seth, Seth Glasgow, I want to thank you for joining us this evening on CIOE 97.5 FM for Mental Health. Let's talk about it. Be well.